I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello, and welcome back to Salambo. This is Chapter 3, so if this is your first time listening, you'll want to start back at the beginning. In Chapter 3, the focus shifts. Instead of being down with the barbarians, suddenly we're up with Salambo, and we get a taste of Salambo's mysticness, the depth of her feelings about the gods of Carthage, particularly Tanit, before reality crashes back down on her. And this chapter is also the name of the book. Chapter 3. Salambo. The moon was rising just above the waves. And on the town, which was still wrapped in darkness, there glittered white and luminous specks. The pole of a chariot, a dangling rag of linen, the corner of a wall or a golden necklace on the bosom of a god. The glass balls on the roofs of the temples beamed like great diamonds here and there, but ill-defined ruins, piles of black earth, and gardens formed deeper masses in the gloom. And below Malqua, fishermen's nets stretched from one house to another, like gigantic bats spreading their wings. The grinding of the hydraulic wheels which conveyed water to the highest stories of the palaces was no longer heard, and the camels, lying ostrich fashion on their stomachs, rested peacefully in the middle of the terraces. The porters were asleep in the streets on the thresholds of the houses. The shadows of the colossuses stretched across the deserted squares. Occasionally in the distance, the smoke of a still-burning sacrifice would escape through the bronze tiling, and the heavy breeze would waft the odors of aromatics blended with the scent of the sea and the exhalation from the sun-heated walls. The motionless waves shone around Carthage, for the moon was spreading her light at once upon the mountain-circled gulf and upon the lake of Tunis, where flamingos formed long, rose-colored lines amid the banks of sand. While further on, beneath the catacombs, the great salt lagoon shimmered like a piece of silver. The blue vault of heaven sank on the horizon in one direction into the dustiness of the plains, and in the other into the mists of the sea. And on the summit of the Acropolis, the pyramidal cypress trees, fringing the temple of Eshmoon, swayed, murmuring, like the regular waves 
that beat slowly along the mole beneath the ramparts. Salambo ascended to the terrace of her palace, supported by a female slave who carried an iron dish filled with live coals. In the middle of the terrace, there was a small ivory bed covered with lynx skins and cushions made with the feathers of the parrot, a fratricidal animal consecrated to the gods. And at the four corners rose four long perfuming pans filled with nard, incense, synonymum, and myrrh. The slave lit the perfumes. Salambo looked at the polar star. She slowly saluted the four points of heaven and knelt down on the ground in the azure dust which was strewn with golden stars in imitation of the firmament. Then with both elbows against her sides, her forearms straight and her hands open, she threw back her head beneath the rays of the moon and said, O Rabetna, Balet, Tanit. And her voice was lengthened in a plaintive fashion, as if calling to someone. Anaitis, Astart, Deserto, Astoreth, Milita, Athara, Elisa, Tiratha, by the hidden symbols by the resounding sistra, by the furrows of the earth, by the eternal silence and by the eternal fruitfulness, mistress of the gloomy sea and of the azure shores, O queen of the watery world, all hail. She swayed with her whole body twice or thrice and then cast herself face downwards in the dust with both arms outstretched. But the slave nimbly raised her, for according to the rites, someone must catch the suppliant at the moment of his prostration. This told him that the gods accepted him, and Salambo's nurse never failed in this pious duty. Some merchants from Duritian Getulia had brought her to Carthage when quite young, and after her enfranchisement she would not forsake her old masters, as was shown by her right ear, which was pierced with a large hole. A petticoat of many-colored stripes fitted closely on her hips and fell to her ankles, where two tin rings clashed together. Her somewhat flat face was yellow like her tunic. Silver bodkins of great length formed a sun behind her head. She wore a coral button on the nostril, and she stood beside the bed more erect than a Hermes, and with her eyelids cast down. Salambo walked to the edge of the terrace. Her eyes swept the horizon for an instant, and then were lowered upon the sleeping town, while the sigh that she heaved swelled her bosom and gave an undulating movement to the whole length of the long white simar which hung without clasp or girdle about her. Her curved and painted sandals were hidden beneath a heap of emeralds, and a net of purple thread was filled with her disordered hair. But she raised her head to gaze upon the moon and murmured, mingling her speech with fragments of hymns. How lightly turnest thou, supported by the impalpable ether, it brightens about thee, and tis the stir of thine agitation that distributes the winds and fruitful dews. According as thou dost wax and wane, the eyes of cats and spots of panthers lengthen or grow short. Wives shriek thy name in the pangs of childbirth. 
Thou makest the shells to swell, the wine to bubble, and the corpse to putrefy. Thou formest the pearls at the bottom of the sea. And every germ, O goddess, ferments in the dark depths of thy moisture. When thou appearest, quietness is spread abroad upon the earth. The flowers close, the waves are soothed. Wearied man stretches his breast towards thee, and the world with its oceans and mountains looks at itself in thy face as in a mirror. Thou art white, gentle, luminous, immaculate, helping, purifying, serene. The crescent of the moon was then over the mountains of the hot springs, in the hollow formed by its two summits, on the other side of the gulf. Below it there was a little star, and all around it a pale circle. Salambo went on. But thou art a terrible mistress. Monsters, terrifying phantoms, and lying dreams come from thee. Thine eyes devour the stones of buildings, and the apes are ever ill each time thou growest young again. Whither goest thou? Why dost thou change thy forms continually? Now, slender and curved, thou glidest through space like a mastless galley, and then, amidst the stars, thou art like a shepherd keeping his flock. Shining and round, thou dost graze the mountain tops like the wheel of a chariot. O oh, Tanit, thou dost love me. I have looked so much on thee. But no, thou sailest through thine azure, and I, I remain on the motionless earth. Tanakh, take your nebal and play softly on the silver string, for my heart is sad. The slave lifted a sort of harp of ebony wood, taller than herself, and triangular in shape, like a delta. She fixed the point in a crystal globe, and with both hands began to play. The sounds followed one another, hurried and deep, like the buzzing of bees, and with increasing sonorousness, floated away into the night with the complaining of the waves and the rustling of the great trees on the summit of the Acropolis. Hush! cried Salambo. What ails you, mistress? The blowing of the breeze? The passing of a cloud? Everything disquiets you just now. I do not know, she said. Well, you are wearied with too long prayers. Oh, Tanakh, I would fain be dissolved in them like a flower in wine. Perhaps it is the smoke of your perfumes? No, said Salambo. The spirit of the gods dwells in fragrant odors. And then the slave spoke to her of her father. It was thought that he had gone towards the amber country, behind the pillars of Melkarth. But if he does not return, she said, you must nevertheless, since it was his will, choose a husband among the sons of the ancients, and then your grief will pass away in a man's arms. Why? asked the young girl. All those that she had seen had horrified her with their fallow deer laughter and their coarse limbs. Sometimes, Tanakh, from the depths of my being there exhale as it were hot fumes, heavier than the vapors from a volcano. Voices call me. A globe of fire rolls and mounts within my bosom. It stifles me. I am at the point of death. And then... Something sweet, flowing from my brow to my feet, passes through my flesh. It is a caress enfolding me, and I feel myself crushed as if some god were stretched upon me. Oh, 
Would that I could lose myself in the mists of the night, the waters of the fountains, the sap of the trees, that, that I could issue from my body and be but a breath or a ray and glide, mount up to thee, O mother. She raised her arms to their full length, arching her form, which in its long garment was as pale and light as the moon. Then she fell back, panting on the ivory couch. But Tanakh passed an amber necklace with dolphin's teeth about her neck to banish terrors, and Salambo said in an almost stifled voice, Go and bring me Shahabarim. Her father had not wished her to enter the college of priestesses, nor even to be made at all acquainted with the popular tenet. He was reserving her for some alliance that might serve his political ends, so that Salambo lived alone in the midst of the palace. Her mother was long since dead. She had grown up with abstinences, fastings, and purifications, always surrounded by grave and exquisite things, her body saturated with perfumes and her soul filled with prayers. She had never tasted wine, nor eaten meat, nor touched an unclean animal, nor set her heels in the house of death. She knew nothing of obscene images, for as each god was manifested in different forms, the same principle often received the witness of contradictory cults, and Salambo worshipped the goddess in her sidereal presentation. An influence had descended upon the maiden from the moon. When the planet passed diminishing away, Salambo grew weak. She languished the whole day long and revived at evening. During an eclipse, she nearly died. But Rebetna, in jealousy, revenged herself for the virginity withdrawn from her sacrifices, and she tormented Salambo with possessions all the stronger for being vague, which were spread through this belief and excited by it. Unceasingly was Hamilcar's daughter disquieted about Tanit. She had learned her adventures, her travels, and all her names, which she would repeat without their having any distinct signification for her. In order to penetrate into the depths of her dogma, she wished to become acquainted in the most secret part of the temple with the old idol in the magnificent mantle whereon depended the destinies of Carthage, for the idea of a god did not stand out clearly from his representation, and to hold or even see the image of one was to take away part of his virtue, and in a measure to rule him. But Salambo turned around. She had recognized the sound of the golden bells, which Shahabarim wore at the hem of his garment. He ascended the staircases, then at the threshold of the terrace he stopped and folded his arms. His sunken eyes shone like the lamps of a sepulchre. His long, thin body floated in its linen robe which was weighted by the bells, the latter alternating with balls of emeralds at his heels. He had feeble limbs, an oblique skull, and a pointed chin. His skin seemed cold to the touch, and his yellow face, which was deeply furrowed with wrinkles, was as if it contracted in a longing and an everlasting grief. He was the high priest of Tenet, and it was he who had educated Salambo. Speak, he said. What will you? I hoped you had almost promised me, she stammered and was confused, then suddenly, oh, why do you despise me? What have I forgotten in the rites? You are my master, and you told me that no one was so accomplished in the things pertaining to the goddess as I... But there are some of which you will not speak. Is it so, O oh father? Shahabarim remembered Hamilcar's orders 
and replied, No, I have nothing more to teach you. A genius, she resumed, impels me to this love. I have climbed the steps of Eshmoon, god of the planets and intelligences. I have slept beneath the golden olive of Melkarth, patron of the Tyrian colonies. I have pushed open the doors of Balcamon, the enlightener and fertilizer. I have sacrificed to the subterranean Kabiri, to the gods of woods, winds, rivers, and mountains. But can you understand? They're all too far away, too high, too insensible. While she... I feel her mingled in my life. She fills my soul, and I quiver with inward startings as though she were leaping in order to escape. Methinks I'm about to hear her voice and see her face. Lightnings dazzle me, and then I sink back again into the darkness. Shahabaram was silent. She entreated him with suppliant looks. At last he made a sign for the dismissal of the slave who was not of Canaanitish race. Tanakh disappeared, and Shahabaram, raising one arm in the air, began. Before the gods, darkness alone was and a breathing stirred dull and indistinct as the conscience of a man in a dream. It contracted, creating desire and cloud, and from desire and cloud there issued primitive matter. This was a water, muddy, black, icy, and deep. It contained senseless monsters, incoherent portions of the forms to be born, which are painted on the walls of the sanctuaries. Then matter condensed. It became an egg. It burst. One half formed the earth and the other the firmament. Sun, moon, winds, and clouds appeared, and at the crash of thunder intelligent creatures awoke. Then Eshmoon spread himself in the starry sphere. Kamon beamed in the sun. Melkarth thrust him with his arms behind Gades, the Kabiri descended beneath the volcanoes, and Rebetna, like a nurse, bent over the world, pouring out her light like milk and her night like a mantle. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bombas socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. 
Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. And then, she said, he had related the secret of the origins to her to divert her from sublimer prospects. But the maiden's desire kindled again at his last words, and Shahabarim, half-yielding, resumed, she inspires and governs the loves of men. The loves of men, repeated Salambo dreamily. She is the soul of Carthage, continued the priest. And although she is everywhere diffused, it is here that she dwells, beneath the sacred veil. Oh, father, cried Salambo, I shall see her, shall I not? You will bring me to her. I had long been hesitating. I am devoured with curiosity to see her form. Oh, pity. Help me. Let us go. He repulsed her with a vehement gesture that was full of pride. Never. Do you not know that it means death? The hermaphrodite balls are unveiled to us alone, who are men in understanding and women in weakness. Your desire is sacrilege. Be satisfied with the knowledge that you possess. She fell upon her knees, placing two fingers against her ears in token of repentance, and crushed by the priest's words, and filled at once with anger against him, with terror and humiliation. She burst into sobs. Shahabaram remained erect and more insensible than the stones of the terrace. He looked down upon her, quivering at his feet, and felt a kind of joy on seeing her suffer for his divinity, whom he himself could not wholly embrace. The birds were already singing. A cold wind was blowing, and little clouds were drifting in the paling sky. Suddenly he perceived on the horizon, behind Tunis, what looked like slight mists trailing along the ground, then these became a great curtain of dust, extending perpendicularly, and amid the whirlwinds of the thronging mass, dromedaries' heads, lances, and shields appeared. It was the army of the barbarians advancing upon Carthage. That was Chapter 3 of Salambo. If you liked that, please subscribe. The podcast is called Eli Reads, and if you made it all the way to the end, consider giving it a review on whatever app or web page you're using. See you in Chapter 4. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen 
premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.